Yeah. It's amazing how much we reveal about ourselves through the voice. Yeah. We hear tension. We might not identify it as such, but we do hear the tension and we kind of draw away from it. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, and welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. Before I introduce our guest today, a note about the program. It's been almost a year since we launched the Inspire Podcast, and it's been so gratifying. I have learned so much, not only about what it takes to make a podcast, but really from our guests. I started this because I just love conversations about leadership communication, and what I've learned has exceeded my expectations. The diversity of thought that's come on and the stories I've heard have uh, just been so valuable for me in the work that I do. And I understand it's been valuable for you, our listeners. I've been uh, blown away by the comments and by the um, number of people have listened. We've had over 15,000 listens uh, to the program. So thank you. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Like all good things, I think it demands some time to think about uh, how to make it great. And so I'll be pausing the program for the summer to go away, reflect on the podcast and how to bring it back uh, and build on this great first year. So expect more details on that soon. And without further ado, today's episode, which focuses on voice and how you can unlock your full vocal potential. Very fortunate to have one of our longstanding and talented uh, consultants on, Kate Lynch, and uh, let me introduce her now. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Kate Lynch, and Kate is incredibly accomplished. She's a voice professional. She's taught voice at the Stratford and Shaw Festivals, the National Theater School, George Brown College. She is an actress. She is a director. She's a playwright. She is incredibly accomplished. And she also outranks me for tenure at the Humphrey Group by a year or so. You know, I'm coming up on 19 years and she's broken the 20 year mark because we always hire children. Yes, that's right. I was about six when I was Yes, the laws were different back then. (laughs) But I'm I'm glad we snuck that in and we're past the statute of limitations. So no, it's it's great to have you on, Kate. Thank you, Bart. It's a pleasure. Welcome to the program. And the reason I wanted to have you on is that there is no one in our company and no one really I know at all whose credentials and capabilities in the realm of voice exceed your own. As we've discussed, uh, voice, you know, and the ability to have an authentic vocal instrument to realize your vocal potential is an incredible tool for leaders. And so I want, so I wanted to have you on, you know, because this podcast is about how people can inspire to talk about why people listening may not realize that they aren't using their full vocal potential Mm -hmm. and then begin to delve into how you work with people to help them reach that vocal nirvana. Well, let's start so that your listeners know this by saying that 
Voice work is never about finding the voice beautiful. We listen to people and say, oh, what a great voice. And the problem with that is sometimes people's voices are so wonderful and so round and so fruity and so full that we get caught up in listening to the voice and not actually hearing what they're saying. So voice work is about what we call freeing up the voice, removing any tension that's unnecessary to produce the sound so that the voice really carries your thoughts and your emotions. It's all there in your voice. It's not helpful if you're wildly passionate about your subject, but there's so much unnecessary tension in your voice that no one can hear that. And I've encountered that. People who, for instance, monotone is the, the greatest culprit. People with a monotone voice and they, they talk like this on more or less one note. And they'll say, I'm very, very passionate about this new program. And they may well be inside really passionate, but that's not reflected in their voice. So my work is to get in there and find out, okay, what physically is hampering the voice so that the passion isn't being heard? What's getting in the way? And I think for leaders, I mean, when we think about the work that we do with leaders, it's really about helping them inspire authentically mm -hmm. by being able to define the ideas, the initiative that they're passionate about and convey them. And what I'm hearing from you is that you do all this work, you say, okay, you know, this is what I want to lead. These are the people I want to inspire. Here's my idea. And then your voice may not be conveying the absolutely. how you think and feel about that. Absolutely. And I, I emphasize feel because we need to hear the thoughts, but we also want to hear the underlying emotional connection we have to those thoughts. Which is where monotone gets in the way. Where monotone because gets in the way. you don't hear any of that. Sure. Um, uh, and, and there can be all kinds of things. Um, people might be stuck in a very, very limited pitch range, so they might not actually be monotone, but they might not be able to have enough freedom to reach up when they're excited and down when they all and all over the map with their voices, or uh, what we call, and this is a bit technical, but balance the resonators. Uh, we we our sound resonates in our body as well as in the space that it's in. So we have um, chest resonance and head resonance and what we call mask resonance. All the bones of our face provide resonance. And that gives tone and quality to the voice uh, that makes it attractive enough that the listener wants to keep on listening. Mm. And again, all those things don't just express the thoughts, but they express the emotions that underlie those thoughts. So I think people listening you know, monotone is an example where people say, ah, I get it. <laughs> Someone's passion is not coming through. Mm -hmm. What are some other vocal impediments that we might recognize? People can be uh, uh, what we call off their voice. So if I'm, if I'm talking like this, my vocal cords aren't working hard enough and there's more breath in it. And it's a, it's a voice. Now, I'm stopping that because it drives me mad. <laughs> people Some people try and do this. Some people do try or to do it. Or it's become subconscious, I guess, that they're... Yeah. People might want to, for instance, sound caring and nurturing. Well, you can be caring and nurturing, mm. uh, and that will be in your voice. You don't have to fake it. 
so that's a voice that isn't authentic. You're, you're putting something onto the voice to try to convey something when it ought to flow naturally in your voice. Uh, voices can be very pushed and harsh. Uh, we, we'll hear people um, uh, uh, try to convey perhaps a very nurturing, nurturing message, an inspiring message. <laughs> but it's so aggressive that we feel um, we want to retreat away from that voice rather than be pulled into and inspired by the idea. In your experience, does it reach the point when someone, when you work with someone with one of these vocal mannerisms that's become subconscious? Oh, almost all. No, no one's in rare cases doing these intentionally. No, though. no. I, I don't recall ever having met anyone who's doing it. Most of the time, people have no idea. It's like the very soft speaker, the very, the very quiet, just plain quiet speaker who just doesn't fill up the space. And you've probably had clients where you've had to think, now how do I get them to really fill this space? And when you get their voice opened up and filling the space, they're shocked right. that you want them to talk that loud. Right. When in fact, it's the appropriate level. So Kate, when you look at someone, when you meet someone who comes to you or who you're brought to work with, mm -hmm. who has one of these vocal modifications sure. to the point where it's become deeply ingrained, what has usually been the cause of that and is, that, is knowing that relevant for working on the voice? It's not really relevant unless there's an actual physical underlying cause. So, so there's physical and psychological causes. I'm not qualified to work on the psychological causes, and there are physical causes. But whether it's physical or, or psychological, if it's psychological, there's going to be a physical manifestation. And that's what I can work on. There's going to be something about the breath that where the breath isn't flowing freely. There's going to be a tension in the neck. There's going to be tension somewhere in the body. And that's what we can do mm. to free up the voice. Uh, so, but let's imagine I was to come to you now, or let's sure. say, I, or let, let's just say generically, someone who's listening says, okay, I'm going to work with Kate or a vocal professional. Mm -hmm. Where do you begin? Okay. I would, uh, in, with the Humphrey group, mm -hmm. I would get them to read aloud. I'd get mm -hmm. them to stand as far away from me as the space will allow. And I would just get them to read aloud. I might hand them today's. I usually have uh, the globe in my bag, at least the first section, so that I can just hand people something and get them to read a section. And that will give me a sense of their breath, their volume, where their voice sits in their body, what resonators are working. And I'll also observe them physically mm. because I can see from how people are standing what uh, might be getting, what might be a problem. We put tension all over our bodies and that's always going to affect the breath. Primarily because it's going to affect, uh, sorry, it is going to affect the breath and the breath is the engine of the voice. Mm. So you're looking for, when you have them do this reading, where that tension is. Yeah. And, and listening, I guess, for some of the impediments. I'm listening and looking. Hmm. Yeah. Now, how about, you? I think your, your point is absolutely bang on that. When the tension rises, we hold it more. I mean, I know, for example, if I'm speaking to 300 people, yeah. I carry a lot more stress and tension than if I'm speaking, you know, sitting around the boardroom table with my team. Sure. Yeah. So can you create that tension in the diagnosis like that when there's not 
kind of a high stakes moment? Oh, then I, I put them under a bit of pressure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, but I'll just play and find out what pressure is for that person. I'll say, can you do it very quietly now? Can you, how, how loud can you actually speak? Um, all kinds of things. I'll sometimes say, can you sing it? Sing it, because, wow. Because uh, many people, that immediately yeah. will result in, oh, I I'm getting singing. tense. I have, no, I have no singing voice to speak of. <laughs> well, I have no singing voice either, actually. Uh, and it makes me tense to sing. Right. So I can just spot where it goes in my body when I'm asked to do it. So then that will tell me more and more things. So for someone listening who may not be able to go and get a voice assessment like mm -hmm. this, is there a way to self-assess at all? There are apps now that are dazzlingly good. Yeah, and they several of them are created by people who actually studied where I studied in England. I got my uh, voice degree from the Central School of Speech and Drama in London, and it's, it's, a, it's a postgraduate degree. And some of the graduates uh, of Central, from Central have created these brilliant apps that will actually show you the vocal tract. You speak into it really? and it shows you what the tongue is doing, what the jaw is doing, and then it'll show you exactly where your tension is. Really? And play it back for you. Yeah, it's quite quite remarkable. What's the app called? Oh, there are, there are a bunch of them now, Bart. I'm, I think there's one great one simply called The Voice App. Voice um, but the, there are many of them and they're we'll really be good. We'll be sure to link to it in the, yeah. the show notes. I mean. The good news is, Kate, I think this is just going to increase people's awareness yeah. and thereby have them crave the bespoke experience of coming to a voice coach. What I say to people is really use those apps. They're fantastic. But if it's important enough to you, also get a voice coach yes. to work along with yes. you. That's great to know so that everyone listening who's keen to delve into this can get that app yep. and, then, and then call you. Yeah, and then call me. Okay, call so you've done the, the assessment. Yeah. Um, then what? We always begin with alignment or posture. Okay. Uh, so I would work uh, to help who I'm working with release tension that I find in their body. Uh, and you'd be amazed where it can start. Tension in the knees. Hmm. It's amazing how the knees. Many, yeah, people will press can, their knees back. And that can impact your breath. Oh yeah, big time. Um, so you kind of hyperextend your knees back. So you're a skier. Yes. So if you're thinking when and a you, cyclist too, and a cyclist, but skiing's the better example. So if you think when you're standing on that mountaintop, uh -huh. yeah, that you've been helicoptered into, yeah. and you're standing and you're looking and you're not absolutely ready to push off, but you're just taking that breath before mm. you do, your body, because you're a good skier, will go into probably perfect alignment, mm. and then you'll take a breath and go. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that moment where you're ready and you, your breath drops. And in that moment, your knees probably relax. Your hips probably get in line, natural alignment with your knees and your feet. Your shoulder blades probably melt down your spine so that your shoulders open and relax and your neck probably lengthens. For any athlete, that would be the case. Um, and so how, how would you get someone to do that? Is it something you could take me through yes, that people absolutely. listening could also go sure. through? Let's okay. stand up. Okay. Okay, here we go. So if you're listening, stand up, do the same. I, this is happening right now. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's happened in the last 20 years, Bart. More and more people do yoga right. and that is a great help to the voice ah. teacher. 
Uh, because because yoga, yoga is so breath-focused. Breath-focused and also alignment-focused. Right. People use the word alignment a lot, but they forget to remind us what we're getting in alignment with. Okay. And what we're getting in alignment with is gravity. Because it's gravity that actually holds us up. People forget that, right? right? What holds us up? Gravity. When we get out of alignment, so now come forward on your toes and lean forward on your toes. Now we're out of alignment with gravity. Gravity is going to pull us down. Right, but I keep going forward. So where are you tightening up? Uh, I feel my core. Yeah, your holding core. Me, and then my shins. <laughs> your shins and knees, mm -hmm. all through your legs. You've tightened up. So now we're going to rock back and get in alignment with gravity and all relaxes again, yeah? Feel it? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to bring your feet hip, hip distance apart. And by hip distance, I don't mean your outer thighs, but your actual hip bones. So it's not very far apart, it's four to six inches. And here's a little beautiful alignment exercise you can all do, those of you who are listening. Come up on your toes and bounce. This tiny little exercise, and just see how much on your toes you can come up and bounce. You may feel your breath just dropping easefully because it's a bit of a balance exercise which causes our breath to drop to help us, and it takes a little bit of tension out of our body. And just bring your heels back to the floor. And if, again, those of you who are listening, think of any yoga exercise, the tree where you bring one foot up to your knee and balance. All those exercises will help your breath drop and you release some tension. So we're going to check in to see where the tension lives. I want you to think of all four corners of your feet pressing down through the earth. Now, I want you to just soften your knees. It's a very slight thing. That's good, Bart. It's very slight. You can hardly notice. Now, to check in, if you're the kind of person who has a lot of tension in your knees, hyperextend your knees back. Just push them back and see, is that familiar? Just notice, for some people it will be very familiar. And then soften them back again. Good. Now, we're going to do a tiny little pelvic tilt. So if you think of the, your tailbone is just going to slightly tilt forward, almost curl under, it's very, very tiny. And you're going to feel the spine reach up from that tiny tilt. Beautiful, Bart. And now I want you to imagine your hands are just hanging heavily at your side. That's all they're doing. Your tail, uh, sorry, your shoulder blades are going to melt down your spine, as it were. Just think about that image and see if it works for you. They melt down your spine, and you might feel a kind of easeful opening in your shoulders. And from there, I want you to imagine that your head is filled with helium and it's floating. That's great, Bart, what you just did. It's just floating. And now you'll just breathe. Good. Okay. Nice, Bart. That looks really good. Now from there, except Bart and I are wired up, <laughs> I would send people for a walk. I'd say just go for a nice, easeful walk around the room and see how much of that you can keep in, in, uh, in mind. Are my knees nice and loose? Is there just a tiny pelvic tilt? Are my shoulders relaxed and my shoulder blades melting down my spine? And is my head as though it was filled with a helium balloon 
floating. Good. How does it feel? It, it feels different. Ah. It feels different. I would say my normal horrendous cycling and desk jockeying posture is <laughs> yeah. working against it. Sure. It does feel more open. Yes. I felt my diaphragm relax too when I yeah. did it. Brilliant. And I could see all those slight changes in your body. Now, I'm going to touch you, Bart, and before I would do that with any client, I would ask permission. Go for it. Okay. I'm putting my hand uh, on Bart's chest, and then I'm going to put my other hand, my fingers behind his ears, my thumb and my index finger, or my middle finger, really, just kind of behind his ears, and I'm lifting, lifting, and then you're going to relax in the shoulders. You see, you just got about an inch taller. Yeah. And now I'm going to put my hand that was on Bart's chest, I'm going to put it on his forehead. And I'm going to just gently continue lifting with my fingers behind the back of his head, just under the, the, the bones of his skull, gently lifting. And that's what we're looking for. There we go. That's beautiful. And from there, you may feel again the breath easily dropping. Yeah, certainly. And I felt my shoulders drop. And your shoulders drop. That's what we're looking for. So, shall we just sit for a minute? That's where voice work always starts. From there, if I noticed, for instance, excessive tension in the shoulders and the neck, which I didn't, by the mm -hmm. way, um, I would then give some uh, shoulder and, and uh, neck exercises. So I would say, rotate your shoulders nice and easily. Just rotate them. I'd say... Um, let the right ear drop over to the right shoulder and feel the release on one side of the neck and drop over on the other side and find release in there. It's incredibly physical. I mean, you think, Very about, physical. Uh, you think about voice, you know, we haven't even talked about pronunciation no. or use of the mouth. You're really starting from almost like removing these blockages and impediments. That's exactly it. We are. We're freeing the breath. We're freeing the breath. That, it all starts with breath because breath powers the voice. Right. So when the breath is trapped, the voice is trapped. It's, it's in, inescapable that the voice will be trapped. Right. And, and, you know, having worked with people in leadership roles for almost 20 years, I can tell you that, you know, I see the impact of not having an authentic voice. Yeah. You know, where you have people who minimize unconsciously. Yeah. We talked about upspeak and the valley girl. Or you have the monotone where people can't convey passion. That, that these can be really limiting. Oh, so limiting. Vocal mannerisms. Terrible, terrible mannerisms. Just uh, women who will diminish by just uh, making themselves sound a, a little insecure about their ideas. Uh, I'm sorry to say that's more true of my gender, but not across the boards. Men do it too. Uh, the other, I demonstrated the the, the kind of bluff voice, the uh, I'm completely in command of the situation. None of it inspires the audience's trust and draws them in and allows them to be excited. And now what we're hearing is that people want authenticity in yeah. their leaders. They don't want this kind of faux voice. No, no. And they want to know not only what their leaders are saying, but who they are as people. Yeah. And so voice, it strikes me as the starting points, how we it really verbally is. connect. It absolutely does. It's amazing how much we reveal about ourselves through the voice. Yeah. And the average listener isn't going to be going, ooh, there's a lot of tension in their right. pharynx. They're Therefore, just going to infer. <laughs> right. But yet we hear tension. We might not identify it as such, but we do hear the tension. And we kind of draw away from it. Or, or we hear the diminishment 
in the voice, and it makes us kind of feel sorry for the speaker, right. none of which inspires us right. to, to listen and be turned on by their ideas. So once you've done this assessment, mm-hmm. and then you've started to free the breath, and you've identified areas in your body where you hold tension, do you then begin to work with the voice itself? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, the next, I will say, the next area of tension I would look at very specifically is the vocal tract itself. Okay, so, like if you're clenching your jaw. Yeah, clenching I know why, you know, that's one place when I'm in long sessions or I'm focusing, I hold in my jaw. Jaw tension is so common. So a really easy exercise mm-hmm. for jaw tension. It's just like if someone came along and kneaded your shoulders when your shoulders were tense. Just find your, your jaw muscles and you can find them easily by placing two fingers on where you think they are, clench your teeth at the back, clench them, and you'll feel the muscles, Mm, yeah? yeah. And now we're just going to massage them in a kind of circular motion. And drop your jaw open as you do that. It should feel great. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) So Bart and I are now massaging our jaws. I'll tell you the three... We'll be back in five minutes with loose jaws. I'll tell you the the three quick fixes that I give people for the voice. Okay, go for it. The first is to massage the jaw. This is after your breath is working. The first is to massage the jaw. The second is to free the the, um, soft palate. Now, the soft palate, if you take your tongue from the teeth along the top behind, there's a ridge behind your teeth, and then there's the hard palate behind that, and then you'll feel the soft palate behind that. So go all the way back. The soft palate that we use to make the k, g, and n sound tightens down to meet the tongue to make those sounds, and it can stay tight. And that really traps our voices. So you have to, the only way you can free it is to yawn. <laughs> so we're going to fake yawn, okay, Bart? We're going to, so our listeners no, can hear Nothing you would say fake yawn. Would, would bore me, so this is definitely <laughs> okay, a fake bless yawn. You, Bart. Fake yawn, here we go. And just keep faking. <sighs> and often it will bring on a real yawn. Another way to help is to make the sound cuh on an intake of breath. So you go <sighs> And you just feel that lift in the soft palate and you keep lifting. Now I think I might really yawn. And that can, now, I don't know if you can tell, my voice just popped yes, open. Yes, I can, can you hear, hear it? it's more open. It's much more open. Yeah, huh. I deliberately didn't do that exercise before this radio broadcast because you really can hear the difference. Okay, that was the second one. So the third one is goofy. We're going to, now you must stay long in the back of your neck here. So be careful of the chin rising up. We're long in the back of the neck. The chin is at right angles with our neck. We're going to let our jaw just drop open. Ha, dropped open. Stick your tongue straight out. (laughs) And now it's going to go up to your nose and down to your chin. However, you're going to put your finger on your chin so your chin doesn't move. And you'll do about 10 of those up to the nose. Now, Bart's trying this, and I'm going to out him. He's (laughs) terrible at it. I'm really bad. I'm really. Many, many people are. Try to go. Look, Bart, I'm going to do it. Uh And down. Keep trying. Uh, That's better, Bart. Now it's middle. Keep trying to get it up and down. Mm. Good. Okay. It's very difficult. It's for many, many people. It's very difficult. Why? Okay. Tension at the back of the tongue. Huh. 
Now, when you finish this exercise, and you should do it 10 or 12 full completion, so up to the nose, down to the chin is one. Remember, keep the finger on the jaw so it's not on your chin, so it's not moving. But you should also then relax your jaw again with that little jaw softening exercise we just did. Um, now, Bart, count to 10. Out loud? Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Pitch up? Five. One. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nicely done. You take direction very well. Um, <laughs> the tension in the back of the tongue is very, very common. If there's tension in the back of the tongue, there's probably tension in the jaw. Hmm. And rather than, what, when you start noticing that tension in your jaw, my suggestion is do the jaw relaxing exercise, then do the tongue exercise, and then do the jaw exercise again. Okay. So those are quick fixes. Those are the go-to. So we've got... The massage, the jaw, mm -hmm. the tongue. The tongue and the yawn. And the yawn, yes, yeah. the yawn as And the well. yawn is huge because you heard my voice yes, pop open it immediately. Changed. It's amazing. Those are easy things to do. They are easy mm -hmm. things to do. Um, other easy exercises for your listeners. So I just want to remind you that you've, you've checked in with your alignment and then do any exercises you know to get some tension out of your body. Um, then do those three exercises. And then you can play around. You can do some pitch exercises. So here's a really lovely one. Right. You just, we're going to count one, two, we'll just do to 10. One on the lowest note, two on your highest note. Okay. Three on your low. Huh, okay. You want to give it a shot? All right, I'll give it a shot. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Higher. Five, six. That's it. Seven, eight, nine, nine ten. Yeah, you do, you do maybe 20 of those exercises. And are these the kind of exercises that an actor would use to warm up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it is like a sport, you know, I think about really? sport, you're, you're training the body to work in different ways. I mean, when I did the tongue exercise, and if anyone listening, you should all do the tongue exercise, <laughs> but it physically felt difficult to move the tongue yeah. in one of the directions. And I could see the muscle is just not accustomed That's to it. That's it. Um, the great thing is the tongue is actually much, much larger than we think. We, we, we just think about the part of the tongue we're used to using to articulate, but it actually is a huge muscle, and it is a muscle. So, of course, it can tighten up. Mm -hmm. And it, Yes, you have to use it, and it will tighten up. So, if you relax that back of your tongue, that's, so it, it's going to drop and relax rather than pull back and up. That creates way more space in your vocal tract and that means, just like an instrument, there's going to be more resonance in your voice because there's more space for the vibrations you've created to bounce around. So I can see how this you get a whole degree in this. I mean, this is like a lifelong practice. It is. Uh, but I love it because it works. And it works because it, it is, as you say, it's, it's like a sport. It's which muscle has to relax and which muscle has to work harder. Right. And, and, you know, I think the, the neat thing about this conversation is, you know, every conversation I have on this podcast is about really how you can intentionally improve your ability to inspire. Yes. And, and what I'm taking away from today is that the voice it is hugely important for a leader who wants to convey his or her ideas to have an authentic voice. Yeah. And that you can begin to develop that by... Mm -hmm 
checking in with yourself, doing that self-diagnosis, by finding out where your attention is, by freeing the breath, and then by putting some time in to unlock your vocal instrument. Absolutely. And as soon as we unlock the vocal instrument, what we are excited about begins to be revealed in our voice. Yes. If you think anytime you are passionate, you're breathing like crazy, whether you're laughing, whether you're sobbing, your, your breath right. system is really kicked in. So if we want to convey to an audience our excitement around anything, a product, an idea, we have to have a really free uh, breath system to get behind our words. Well, thank you for helping me begin to free my breath. <laughs> I and will and be you're doing, going to work on that back I'm of gonna, the tongue, aren't you? I'm going to do the jaw exercise yep. for sure. That's the, that's an easy one. The jaw and back of the and, tongue. Yeah. It's in a very tangible, very easy ways to start relaxing and you, ensuring I have the full voice. So, look, Kay, I always learn a ton from you. <laughs> Thank I appreciate you, Bart. you coming in to chat with me, put me through the ringer. And <laughs> you're also, very game, Bart. Hey, you know, if you're not up for learning, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kate. <laughs> I hope you had a chance to do some of the vocal exercises that I did. And uh, it's, it's really worthwhile in terms of freeing your breath and drawing attention to how you can unlock the power of your voice. Next week, we have another uh, episode with that tackles presence. And, you know, the episode with Dan Doomshaw um, several episodes ago, this episode with Kate, and the episode we'll have next week with Maggie Hushalak all co collectively come together to uh, enable you to speak with the authentic presence of a leader. And Dan talked about improv and co-creation. Kate talked about voice. And Maggie's going to talk to you about physical presence, what it is, how you project it, and what makes it authentic. So turn up next Monday and learn more about how to project an executive presence. <laughs>